Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Father, we love you. Uh, God, we ask as we have entered into your house that we can enter into worship even further as the, our, our, our band, our worship team ha has begun this worship process. Uh, Lord, we ask that we can just continue in this and we can hear from you. Uh, Lord, as we um, uh, hear your words, we ask that we can just apply them to our, our, our lives. Let them penetrate into our hearts uh, so that we can see that, that your word, your way, your desire for us is greater than anything that we can even imagine. Uh, so, Lord, we, we ask that we can just submit to you and uh, give you all the glory. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, so we're uh, continuing on on our, uh, our Ten Commandments series. So um, some of you may be wondering why you have a blank index card. Does everybody have a blank index card? Yes. Anybody not have a blank index card that needs a blank index card? All right, Ben, you see the... Here we go. Ben's coming around. So here, here's what we want to do with the blank index card. Um, so today we're going to finish the first part, section, I should say, of the Ten Commandments. So we're going to be on commandment number four. And it's, the commandments can be broken down into love God, love people. So we're going to be finishing that up today. Let's get started. Um, today is going to be a, uh, I don't want to say an intense training day. But today we're going to do some, some more training. It might be a little bit deeper than, than um, it has in, in, in uh, the past few weeks. And, and when I say that we're going to do more training, uh, remember uh, one of the, the, the key uh, scriptures that we're using for this series is 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, you can turn there or it will come up on uh, the screen. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, this is one of those verses that, or uh, these couple verses that, that I use a lot because I think that there's a lot packed into them. Um, and I, you'll hear me say, uh, and you have already heard me say this many times, that we don't, we, we're not to try, we're to train, right? Anybody can try. I can try to run a marathon and fail miserably, but if I train to run a marathon, I, I'm more likely to, be, likely to uh, finish that marathon. And, and this whole thought process of, of trying and training really is birthed from what Paul is telling Timothy here in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Um, uh, he, he should say really there that in stuff that gets you going on Facebook... Um, I'm not against Facebook, you know that, whatever. Just don't communicate to me through Facebook because I don't get on Facebook, but my wife does. Um, it says, uh, rather, train yourself for godliness. This is that, that, that part, so it's train yourself. There, there's an understanding that there's responsibility here. Train yourself for godliness. Understanding what this godliness is, this also um, uh, is understood that it's piety. It's not um, self-righteousness, but it is definitely a, a structure, a, a godly structure of life. So it's saying here, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, and this is what I like, I think it's important that we do take care of our bodies because we can minister better if, we are, if we're taking care of what God has given us. It's being good stewards. Um, so he says, um, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. So 
this every way, as he says, as it holds promise for the, person, or the present life and also for the life to come. Uh, re- remember the way in which we train, how we live our life, what, how God works in our lives, how we are, big word, sanctified. That, that means that, that we are being made more into the image and the likeness of Jesus. We're conformed to, from one degree of glory to the next. We're moving, we're progressing in our discipleship. This is what he's talking about here. And as he says this, he he says that this is not only good for now, it's good for later. And I'm, I'll be one to, to stand firm on this. I believe that we have a suitcase that we do take with us to heaven. You've heard me say this, the sanctification suitcase. I believe that, that, that what we learn now and how we progress in our relationship with Christ, that goes with us. Now, your, your boat and your car and your house and your dog and everything else doesn't go. We know where the cats go, though, right? Um, but none of that goes with us, but the, our, 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 our suitcase goes with our sanctification suitcase. So it's important to train in godliness because if we don't train in godliness, we're not listening to what God is saying to us. When, when, when Jesus says things like, if you love me, obey my commandments, how can we obey if we don't know? And how can we know if we, if, if we do know? How can we not uh, train in that? So it, it's important. It's important for us. And that's kind of like this whole push with the, the, the Ten Commandments series is not to put a bunch of, uh, of, of laws up on the wall and saying, don't do this and do this and don't do this and do this. That's not the, the, the point. The point is not to, to uh, be able to view something as it is burdensome. I'm not living up to that. The point of what we're doing here is what what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, for freedom Christ has set you free. For freedom. We want to live free. We've been set free to live free. And and the way in which we can live free is we can understand, one, what freedom is. Freedom is, is is having the ability to do what it is that God has designed you to do. Freedom is not just doing whatever the heck I want to do, whenever I want to do it, wherever I want to do it, with, with whomever I want to do it with. No, because then our freedom would impose on everybody else, right? Our freedom is to do what God has designed us to do with inside the parameters in which he's designed us to do it. Just like I, we said in, in, in Sunday school this morning, we live in a free country, right? Yes, yes. yes all right, there we go. We'll wake up a little bit. We live in a free country, but do, do we have laws that kind of govern us? Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. Are, are those laws to impinge on our freedom? No, they're there so we can live free. That all came from if you know your history, uh, came from what God has set forth for us in his moral law. So I don't want to make it a burden um, in, in going through the, the Ten Commandments, but I think that, that what we can do is we can see how each one of these commandments um, propels us further in our walk with Christ and in our intimacy and in our commune with him so we can grow and train more in godliness. So with that, we're going to get into number four here, Exodus chapter 20. In Exodus chapter 20, in today, the reason I say today is going to be um, a little bit more intense training because um, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe probably 75% of people in which you encounter have a misunderstanding of what the fourth commandment truly is. Let me read it, 
and then we'll, we'll talk about it. And remember, our, 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 our format for all this is I'm going to, you know, we're going to read the, 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 command, uh, the commandment, then we're going to talk about it in context for the, 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 the uh, children of Israel, and then we're going to transition it into the new covenant and how Christ fulfills this and how we are to, uh, how our walk with Christ is, is to uh, grow because of this commandment. So in uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or, your, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So right off the bat, what we have to understand here is when God gives this commandment, we know that what has taken place up until this time is that the children of Israel have been in bondage. They've been in slavery. They've been in, in uh, Egypt, and, and they've been under uh, slave masters in Egypt for 400-plus years. And in these 400-plus years, they didn't get days off. They worked seven days a week. They were given, in, especially towards the end of, of their bondage, they, their, their tasks were, were made even more laborious in the sense that they had to go get their own straw and make their own mud and all these other, all, all other things that, that, that Moses kind of jacked up because he was trying to, you know, let's let my people go or let my people go. And, and he's trying to do all this. And, and, the, and the, the, the masters are like, yeah, no, we're going to make it tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher for you. So when, when this command comes on, uh, when this command is communicated to, to Israel, this is not, this is not something that, that is foreign to them. Work is not foreign to the, uh, uh, the people of Israel. The people of Israel know, not only because of what they have done in Egypt, um, the, the people of, of Israel um, know that as it's been communicated through, their, um, through the, 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 uh, the early religion, through stories, through teaching, that when God created Adam and Eve, it says that God took and placed Adam in the garden to work the garden. That was before the fall. Work is not a result of the fall. Sometimes we'll, you know, some will get into the, the mindset that the reason we work is because, uh, you know, because of uh, the fall of mankind. No, work was, was uh, designated and designed by God before sin entered into the world. Yeah, but you don't know my job. I get it. Some jobs are crazier than others. Not saying that. But the idea of work is given to us by God. And here, it's saying here that God himself did work. So when we're reading this command here, God communicates something here that is something that hits the strings. It hits the heartstrings of these people. Now, when we read... Exodus chapter 20, we also have to keep in, in, uh, in mind that the, the second giving of the law in Deuteronomy, uh, if you want to just kind of keep your, your finger here in Exodus chapter 20, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, 
Now, when, when I say the second giving of the law, just don't, don't think, don't make this any more confusing than, than it is. Deuteronomy, the, the book Deuteronomy means the second giving of. So what, what's going on here is it's kind of reiterating things that have already happened. So it's not that, that, that uh, something happened and it, something happened again and something happened again. It's just recounting the same thing that, that, that took place. So in Deuteronomy chapter, five, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter five, it's important to read this because there, there's a little. Um, I, I think it gives a little even more insight into what the Sabbath is and how the Sabbath is to be seen. Verse twelve, uh, Deuteronomy five twelve, it says, "Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all." Your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your, may, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. So, right, so far, it's, it seems a lot of the same thing, right? Uh, 15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. This is the, the little bit of an addition to this, kind of expounding a little bit more here. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So it's added in there that, 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 that Moses here is now reminding uh, the people through what God is telling him that we brought you, you know, God brought us out of Egypt. We were brought out of, of Egypt by God. So God's saying, I want you to remember the Sabbath. I want you to work six days. I want you to rest on the seventh day. I want you to remember this. He says here, I want you to observe this. Now, Remembering and observing are things that we need to understand that take action. Too many times when we, when, when we think of remember, I can remember a time something happened and not take any action towards it. But when the Bible is talking about remember the Sabbath, it's not only a cognitive thing. It's not only something that's going on in your mind. It's something that's going on in your life as well. There's action involved with this. So we need to understand this, that remembering the, 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 the Sabbath for the, the Israelites, it required a, uh, the Israelites to act a certain way. Remember, they were used to working seven days a week. Now they're, they're being told now to take, take a day off. Their actions are going to be a little bit different. I, I like how when... Um, in Exodus, and it expounds on and explains that in six days God created the you know He created all creation. The seventh day He rested. Um, understanding that when Genesis was written was right around the time that the Ten Commandments was given to us and when given to the people. So. It's the writer of Genesis, which is Moses. He's he's showing that the importance of Sabbath is not something that just came on scene. I don't want to imply that, that, that Israel was supposed to observe the Sabbath before. They didn't know to observe the Sabbath before. But what Moses is doing is he's pointing back and saying, this is the way in which God designed it all the way from the beginning. 
So when we, we see the, 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 this command here, it says, remember the Sabbath or uh, observe the Sabbath. This is not something God's like, oh, you know what would be a good idea? Let's do this. No, this is how he designed us, how he designed his creation way back at the beginning. It's important to, to keep that in, in, in mind. Turn over to Exodus chapter 31 because with understanding that this was a design all the way from the beginning and now it's an, it's an implementation. This is what you have to, to, to do now. We get a little bit deeper insight into this. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 31, look at verse, uh, we'll just look at verse uh, 16 and 17. What did I say? No, Exodus. Thank you, dear, for correcting me. She does it all the time. That's why God gave her to me. Because if she corrected you, you'd probably slap her. No? She's got everybody hoodwinked. She is not like this perfect angel. Everybody thinks she is. She is pretty tough, though. She, say, thank you. Bobby knows. He's been around long enough. She, she's a tough cookie. She's got to be, right? Exodus chapter 31, verse 16, it says, Therefore the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the, the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. Wait a second, what's that word that we just said? Forever, all right. But I'm not Israel. This is to, to Israel. What We talked about that. We're the new Israel. This is, we're, we're grafted into the vine. So it, applies, it does apply to us. It is a sign Forever between me and the people of Israel, that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Uh, please don't think that God was whooped after six days. Although that Adam and Eve was a handful, right? God was not tired going, Whoo! Did you see that woolly mammoth that I just made? That was tough. No, he, he, was not, he, he was not gassed at the end of six days. The reason he rested, we see, is to, to display what, what we are supposed to do. So here it says that the Sabbath should be, should be kept throughout generations. It's a covenant forever. One of the greatest things that I, I think that when, we, when people talk about the Ten Commandments and uh, the, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant and all, this, all these things that go in, into the, the discussions and the debate, the, 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 um, people say, well, we don't have to keep the Sabbath anymore. Well, why don't we have to keep the Sabbath anymore? Well, it's the only commandment that's not reiterated clearly in the New Testament. And they're true. It, it, they're, they're right. It is true that it does not say in the New Testament that you have to keep the, 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 the Sabbath. Thou shalt keep the Sabbath day, right? It does not clearly say that. So then, that's why I go over here every once in a while. <laughs> Bobby's like, uh, did you get it? Yes. All right. He used the sword of the Spirit and smacked it. All right. So, anywho... <laughs> the, the New Testament does not clearly say you have to keep the Sabbath day as it says in the Old Testament. So people say, I ain't got to do it. Well, when, when that happens, I, we miss, and they miss, we, we all miss, if, we, if, if you're one that has the, that, that mindset, you miss what the Sabbath is all about. 
You, you, you totally, totally miss what the Sabbath is all about. So I'm going to say something right now that maybe... Um, it, it may be new, and it probably is new for most people, and it's not new because I came up with it. it it's new because I think that we've been misguided for, for some time in thinking that the Sabbath day relates and correlates to worship day, all right? Nowhere, and y'all can, can, can do your own uh, research on this and bring back if you want to argue with me. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that Sabbath day equals worship day. Now, we do find that on the Sabbath day, that, that, that when the synagogues uh, came onto scene in, in the intertestamental period, that it was normally a day when they gathered and they did worship. But God does not say Sabbath day, worship day. He says keep the day holy. That does not, it does not mean to worship on that day. It means to set apart that day for God's use. We have put into the, the, the mindset and the thought process of, well, i got to take my Sabbath day and I've got to go to church. And, and I'm not saying that we don't go to church. I think that the, we should go to church, right? But what, what I am saying is we cannot equate Sabbath with worship. The Sabbath day is not the worship day. What God created the Sabbath for was for rest. Let that sink in for a second. Because what happens is somebody has to say, they think like automatically, well, I can't work on Sunday because I got to go to church. Actually, the Sabbath day, Sabbath day is Saturday. It's interesting if you want to do another kind of historical study, how we came up with Sunday and then how we came up with Saturday and Sunday. We know that the reason that we gather on Sunday is not because Sunday is a Sabbath day. We gather on Sunday because Sunday is the Lord's day. That's the day in which Christ rose from the dead. That's the day in which, if you read through um, the Acts of the Apostles, you, you read that, that, that they gathered on the Lord's day corporately, but it says they gathered every other day too. Read Acts 2. Every day they gathered. So what I want to stress here is the fact that Sabbath is not about the day of worship. Sabbath is about resting in God. With that mindset then, with that understanding we can answer this question, do I, do I have to or should I um, observe the Sabbath? Well, do you want to rest in God? That's what the Sabbath is all about, is resting in our Creator. Because it says here, and he uses the, 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 the understanding of work because... What, what, what is, what is the, 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 the premise that is being communicated here is God's given us time, talent, tasks, ability, all this stuff to do and to uh, operate and to act in. So out of our own strength, out of our own might, obviously by gifting from God, on the, on the Sabbath it is to rest from that so you can as you rest from that, the active part is your faith and your trust and your, 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 your refreshment in God because the world will continue to turn even if you are not working on the Sabbath day. So we have to get, we have to get that in here. And the, the, the human body was created that way. 
Creation was created that way. There's cycles that, that go on, and, and we have to understand that the way in which God created us was for his design and his purpose. And, and this is how this sets us free and how we can understand this, that God wants you to take a day off. God wants you to, and, and Moger always gives me crap about this, God wants you to take a nap. When I take a nap, I am glorifying God, Right? Now, if I take four-hour naps every single day, that can get into laziness, and we're not supposed to be slothful, right? There's, there's a fine line in, in resting in God and just being outright lazy and not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So we have to understand that, that rest is good, and God wants us to rest in Him. Like I said, nowhere in Scripture does it say the Sabbath day is, is directly connected to or commanded that it is a day of worship. It's the, it's the essence of the, 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 the Sabbath commandment to, to rest. At the root, it's to rest. What we have in the Old Covenant is that the Sabbath was a foreshadowing of what was to come. What was to come was the Messiah was going to come. As Paul says, that Christ came and he fulfilled the law. So think about this for a second. If Christ fulfilled the law, he fulfills the Sabbath rest. Turn with me over to um, Hebrews chapter nine, or I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter four, verse nine. I, I hope I'm communicating to you to everyone that. The Sabbath is not about a day of the week. It's about what you're doing with a day of the week. It doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be Saturday. It could be maybe your day off during the week is a Tuesday. It's a time in which you rest in the Lord. That you take and you set apart, as it says, for God's holy use. The time in which we can refresh and be refreshed. Because if we keep on going on and on and on and on and on and on and on, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not living in the design which God has given us and designed, or the way in which God has designed us to do. In Hebrews chapter 4, uh, and I, this, this brings the, the, the Old Testament um, uh, covenant into the, the New, New Testament covenant. It brings the, the, the um, uh, commandment here into uh, New Covenant where we're at. It says here, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9, it says, So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So what the writer here is saying that this is still applicable. And understanding that we no longer, not that we ever did, Right, because we're we got we we were out of the out of the womb and we all knew Jesus and everything, but no longer do we have to work to try to get God's favor. Like we're working to try to please God. He's saying that as God has rested from his, he rested from his works, we have to rest from our works because that is no longer applicable. Because being right before God only comes through faith in Jesus Christ and what He has done. It goes on here to say. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest 
so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. One of my favorite Greek words here, that, that strive word, spudazo. I've, I've, I've told you guys this before. It means do your best. So, so look at that. Let us therefore do our best to enter the rest. Now this is, this is, this is implying um, one that we need to have faith in Jesus Christ. But it's not stopping there. It's saying, since therefore you receive Christ Jesus, what, what does Paul say? So walk in him. So because you're a believer of Jesus Christ, since you have entered into this rest, enjoy this rest. Understand that this rest is what God is a gift from God. It says here, for the word of God, and I love this. Hold on a second. So it says, okay, I don't I, I, I want you to. Enter into the rest. I want you to enjoy this rest. I want you not to be disobedient. And then it says this, this verse that most people take way out of context here. Great verse. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature, no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. How can we live in obedience? How can we um, uh, live in this rest? It's by obeying, it's by doing what the Bible tells us, what God has told us to do. The Bible is not given to us to, to be a burden and to weigh us down as we walk down the street. No, it's given to us so we can live free. And this is what the writer here is, is um, really pressing into because this rest in which we, come, we have is from God. And the rest in which we have from God is communicated by God in his word. So if we want to know more about how we can rest, because uh, I know that no one in here is stressed out, right? No one ha no, everybody in here, I'm too blessed to be stressed, right? I hate that. It has nothing to do with you being blessed if you're stressed or if you're not stressed. How many of you are, are married? We're stressed. How many have kids? We're stressed. How many have jobs? We're stressed. I mean, there's stress. So don't, don't, don't say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. No, understand that when, when, we, when we feel the stress that comes on, if we want to know how to deal with it, we don't turn to Facebook. We don't turn to Twitter or Tweeter or Instachamp or whatever all those, I don't know, whatever those things. No, we need to turn to what is given to us by God, his word. Why? Because it's alive. It's active. The word of God, in that, that, the, the end of that uh, verse 12 there where it says, it discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. If you want to think right, Remember, think, feel, act. If you, the way in which you think determines the way in which you feel, and the way in which you feel determines the way in which you act. So if you want to think right, hear me on this. What discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart? The Word of God. If we want to think right, we've got to, we've got to read what God has said. We have to listen to what God has said. I'm not a reader. Fine. Audio Bible. Go. Who cares? Whatever. 
Put the word of God into you because the word of God, the word of God discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. I, I think that we see this rest and this Sabbath in that's fulfilled in Christ. I think that we can go one step further and hear what Jesus says about the Sabbath. Turn over to Mark chapter 2. With Mark chapter 2, we'll start the, the approach here. We'll, we'll circle the, the plane getting ready for, for landing here. Because in Mark chapter 2, Jesus addresses the Sabbath. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. It says, and he, he being Jesus, there we go. Let's try that one more time. I'll act like I didn't ask already. He being Jesus. Jesus, there you go. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What Jesus is saying here, and he tells um, those in which they can think that they're going to pull one over on him. He says, you're getting it all wrong. You're getting it all wrong. People are not made for the Sabbath rules. But the Sabbath was instituted to bless humanity. It was instituted to enhance the design in which God has given us to live, the way in which God has given us to live. But what we do is we have a tendency to, to look at the, well, i got to abide by this law. Well, then that law becomes a focus and you miss the Lord of the Sabbath. It's not to be a burden. It's not to, to, to be a weight on us. It's to be a guide for us to live free. One guy writes like this. I'm going to read this to you. It says, Jesus was attesting to the fact that just as the Sabbath day was originally instituted to give man rest from his labors, so did he come to provide us rest from the laboring to achieve our own salvation by our works. Because of his sacrifice on the cross, we can now forever cease laboring to attain God's favor and rest in his mercy and his grace. Jesus says in Matthew, and this is where we'll land the plane, Matthew chapter 11. If we're going to answer the question that, no, how does, the, how does this commandment impact my, my walk, my daily walk with Christ? We'll land right here. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do we have to, should we keep, should we observe the fourth commandment? Yeah. How do we observe the fourth commandment? In Jesus. Jesus is our rest. Jesus is our rest. 
Let's pray. Before I pray, uh, we're going to be taking communion um, like we've been each week now. It's going to be the same way. Everything's the same. The, uh, the guys will be up here to pray with you. Um, come up over on the, the left side. Um, but before you come up, and as you come up as well, um, just ask yourself, am I resting in God? Well, I don't know what that looks like. Okay. One step further. Am I resting in the finished work of Jesus? So am I resting like if, if all hell breaks loose right now, and then the worst thing that I can ever think of happens, am I going to rest in the fact that God is still God and, and, and Jesus has still paid the penalty for my sins, and no matter what happens to me here, I've got a home that's waiting for me in heaven. That's the ultimate question in which you have to ask. Because remember, our, our, our spudazo, doing our best, or striving for um, progression in this rest is something that's going to take uh, effect and is going to be a, a continual part of our life. But that first entering into is putting your faith and trust in Jesus. So the fulfillment of this, this commandment and the way in which we are to act accordingly is to rest in Jesus because he's our Sabbath rest. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, I, um, I thank you for just this opportunity to open your word and just the... Uh, Just to throw out, throw out some words that I know that you say won't return void. God, it's my prayer that as, as the words went forth, that we all heard them and we can say, you know what? It's not that God wants me to be burdened. He wants me to live free. And doggone it, I want to live free. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to do my best to train to live free. Father, as we get ready to partake of the elements here, I ask that you uh, bless uh, the, the bread. It, is, it symbolizes the broken body. And I ask you to, to bless the, the, the cup as it symbolizes the shed blood. Lord Jesus, let us rest in you. Let us live free. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.